Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for the best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight we're talking about Game of Thrones, episode 507. The episode's titled The Gift. Um, I'll just go ahead and say the director and writers, uh, <laughs> the director, this is, uh, if this guy, please don't write me and be upset, Miguel Sapochnik is what I'm going to go with. You think that's what it sounds like, bro? I mean, that's my best, best run at it. Yeah, that's, I'm going with that. Um, but D and D, uh, the writers again, um, overall thoughts. I enjoyed it. I mean, most of it, um, even the sand snake part managed to not be awful. Uh, so I give it a little better than last week. You know, I got, I like to see a few plots getting wrapped up, you know, mainly the King's landing stuff. I've enjoyed and I don't know. Like I said, this, the season's on a, a solid stride to me. Yeah. You mentioned the sand snakes. I mean, a good rack can definitely improve their appearance. <laughs> I give really Braun. Braun um, approves. She was uh, she was quite fun. Anyway, um, my thoughts. Uh, I I liked the episode. Um, it was slow go in the beginning. I think they had to do a lot of um, you know repairing things in my mind of things that didn't go well last episode. And this episode didn't have any of those parts. It was more dialogue set up. I'm really expecting a juicy episode next one, and so on. So I, I enjoyed it, and I definitely loved how it wrapped. And so uh, I'm looking forward to getting through the the rundown and going that road. Yeah, I, I would just real quick. I would say, just by judging by the first part of the season, we have not seen any like large action, large set piece. You know you know battles or anything really i mean there's been a couple dragon scenes which are great and the stone man scene but if you think about it i mean episode eight nine and ten should be loaded with stuff. they really should be i mean like i said the brawn and jamie fighting the four guys out there in the set desert was a good fight there was a few others anything with sand snakes was a disaster but uh i totally agree i think we are due for some major events i think now you think about now the slaves tonight them fighting um well I, you're right not too bad you know yeah, I, take I think that there's a, a small bit. sprinkle of what we're expecting yeah yeah and you saw you know, I don't know if anybody paid attention to the um, before the season started. They did a little, you know, mini documentary on a day in the life kind of deal, and uh, that was the little set they built, the little arena they built. It was kind of yeah, kind of cool to see cool. it. Did it me? Did that look like the exact same set that they used when Robert was watching? Um, not jousting, but you know where they were the horse and the giant pole. That's jousting. Oh, okay, jousting. Um, did that look like the exact same set? Because it looked the way they were sitting up there and like that. I, I kind of think that Game of Thrones used the exact same set, but then created a larger little round arena instead of the two horse lines. I don't know. I went back and looked, and I, I could have swore that looks just like it. They did put some dr- window dressing on it, but I think it's the same set. Uh. I mean, maybe they used the same area, but it, it was a lot more run down, it seems like, than where, where Robert was the first time. I got you. Well, let's go right into the rundown. Um, the show opens up, and you see this horse um, covered in snowflakes, and you you basically realize this is John and his horse at Castle Black. And there he is, got Alistair and Thorne, all of them watching him. And uh, he, he kills me. He's at, he walks up to uh, Thorne, and he's, he's like, as, as first night, it's my duty to tell you this is complete idiotic and uh, completely against your men. Uh classic you know i think it's 
exactly what you expect from him to say. Absolutely. And if you ever thought, even though John made him first Ranger and, uh, you know, it seemed like he was getting some respect from him in those earlier episodes, you know, I think he's happy to be first Ranger, but he's still not pulling any punches on no. John. Yeah. And I'm happy he's not. You know, I think that's the reason you kind of choose him to tell it like it is. Absolutely. You don't want too fast of a turnaround and, and leave John just with some bland, you know, emotionless dudes to run around yeah no joke so of course they free ginger mcangry and they get on some horses and head on out there um you know torment he always looks like he's pissed or he's constipated or something what, what is the deal or he's just because he's in his surroundings or is that just him i just think he's just one of those guys with his blood up you know what i mean he's just like if i'm not fighting uh you know wasting time yeah i mean <laughs> maybe check his blood pressure but yeah probably so. um Sam walks over to him before they leave and gives him a bag. What well, seems to be multiple uh, dragon glass daggers. Is it, did you get that sense? Because when he threw that thing in there, it, it sounded like multiple were in there. Uh, possibly. It could have been any other supplies, I guess. But uh, but definitely cool to see the dragon glass come back, you know, and make itself known. Which means uh, maybe in the last three episodes we'll get a little White Walker action. We better. I think... Yeah, that's going to lead to my predictions for next for the end of the seasons and next episode. So I'll I'll save my little tidbit for that. Yeah, save that. Uh, it rolls right into the baby with um, is it Meister? No, Targaryen. What's his name? What do you call him? Uh, Meister Aemon. Yeah, um, and uh, my, he's not looking so good. You know, not, you know. Of course, we find he's out never later he ain't gonna too make good. it. But, <laughs> you know, but he's looking pretty rough. Um, you know, and he's telling him, hey, you need to get that baby out of here. Y'all need to move on. And, you know, winter's coming. But, you know, it comes all this stuff. And uh, is he foretelling what we're going to see? I don't know yet. I mean, he's clearly later on he's a little delirious and and things like that. But I think he is telling the truth about, you know, without John here protecting, you know, and keeping the other men from bothering Gilly and the baby, you know, it is dangerous for her and for Sam, really, because he has no, you know, large number of friends in there. Yeah, and no skill. And with Stannis gone, too, to be honest yeah, with you. that's true. Um, keep moving. Um, we see uh, Theon delivering food to Sansa in her room. Um, the room's locked. He has to unlock it to come in. She's in on the bed. She's still crying, suffering. But she doesn't realize he's in there, even though he's making enough noise in my mind that makes it pretty obvious that he's in there. And, of course, he shuts the the doors on the window, and she startles, come on up. And then this is the part that surprised me. She kind of attacks at him for help, you know. But she also unveils that... This is not the night after the last episode. This is several days later where every yeah. day she's been getting raped repetitively. Yeah, just tormented, it seems like. Yeah, and so that was kind of a little eye-opening. And I guess you search for any answer if you're in hell or being tortured daily, and like she is, basically what she said. Yeah, I mean, really, she has zero friends that she knows of, other than the people that have come to her room and said the North remembers and things like that. But as far as trusting people, you know, better the devil you know kind of deal. You know, maybe go after Theon and you know, beg at his Yeah, well, I think she was past. definitely trying to. At first, guilty, but then she tried to show that he was Theon and that he could be above what's happened to him and so on. And the whole time this scene was going on, I was going, this is stupid. I know this is not going to well end well. She's, you know, she's... 
he has to know that Dion is going to be one of the only people she can confide in or try to turn or anything. Ramsey's got a contingency plan. I just know these. And so sure enough, when she's like, take this candle to the top of the tower and do this and so on, when he's walking out, you know, he's not walking out to hide or do anything. His candle's open hand. I was like, there's no way. I know exactly. He's going to go tell. I knew it was going to happen. And sure enough, they, you know, the show leads you up the stairs. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to help her out. Going to get to see Brienne come in there with that sword and start chopping some folks up. No. Right to Ramsey. Yeah. And, yeah, here's your, your lovely bride's trying to do. You know, it, to me, it was predictable. To my, my wife was watching with me. She was like, that bastard. You know, like she didn't expect it. So I could guess we could be off both ways. Yeah, I mean, really, if you watch him, when he walks out in the courtyard, when he leaves Sansa, you can see the broken tower in the background, and he just walk in the opposite direction. So it was really cool to see him going up the spiral staircase, though, you know, giving you at least the hint that he might be going to the broken tower. But as soon as you open the door and you see Re- I mean, you see Ramsey, it's like, ugh, yeah. more yeah, to come. It's like a total letdown. Um, goes back to Sam with uh, his girl and the baby and um, is it Meister Mr. Abbey Meister 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 Abbey anyway he's looking rough you know she's trying to get him to go get some rest he won't leave you know he's done so much for her and for him and the family and gave so much leadership and guidance to everyone there at Castle Black and you can tell he starts you know, revisiting his childhood, he's losing his mind. That's what I'm what I'm seeing. Talking about how his uh, brother Egg and you know Targaryens and so on, um, and then it goes right to a flash where he's toast and sitting on top of a woodpile. Yeah, uh, wasn't expecting sad. this. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is not how it goes in the book, so I was I was surprised myself. Although the way they were showing him, I could tell, and the way Gilly said, "You're gonna need to speak for him tomorrow." You know she could sense where he was going and, and, you know, Sam's in denial about it, but pretty rough. I, you know, that's the character most people like, and I was not expecting this at all. And, and to see the egg call back again, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, Amon turned down the throne years ago. He's the older brother of egg and he was already a trained to be a maester and stuff like that. And he turned down the throne and told egg to take it so you know kind of interesting change of events for his life and you know what could have been and what it ended up being and stuff like that so how about that yeah I'm like, oh, that's, that's a good little tidbit um of course he dies they sam says a good eulogy there and they light him on fire and of course you know uh, thorn comes over to him and it's like uh you're losing all your friends, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Tarly. And uh, you could see him kind of swallow and realize, you know, the, the shit's hit the fan. I am kind of uh, alone right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and once again, focused in on Ollie and, you know, like uh, Ed and them, you know, even the guys that used to be friends appear to be, you know, yeah, turned on him. Uh, he knew some stuff was going to go down. You know, oh, people absolutely. weren't going to wait. So that was pretty good. Um. So Ramsey's outside and got snow all over him. The entire place is covered. Winter is definitely there. Uh, he's visited by Sansa. 
um, he gives us this little story about how how pleased he was to have such a beautiful wife because he was expecting like a fatted bearded woman and yeah. you know <laughs> he had some pretty good little lines there um, you know trying to pick her up and and then he just does the rope-a-dope and takes her out into the courtyard and shows her her northerner friend. Um, wow. You know, yeah. beaten, skinned. And then he's like, yeah, before I could even get to her face, her heart gave out. And I was like, son. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, This brutal. is his thing. This is his thing to uh, build you up and then tear you down. You know, Ramsey's the master of manipulation and horror. So... Here, here's my thing. Do we every time we see Ramsey, do we have to have an example that he is a monster? Because you realize, you think about it, there is not a scene that I can think of that involves him as a major dialogue or character in the last three or four episodes, or in the whole season, or the whole his whole career on this show, where it has to show an example that he's a sadist or he's a a demon monster, you know, complete you know, ask much, whatever you want to call it. Uh, why do we have to have that constant beating of, yes, we know he's a monster? I don't know. It's not like you're ever going to forget. And really the only thing you ever see him back on his heels is the, uh, I mean, he's sitting at the table and he's eating with his parents, but he's still being a monster because of the way he brings the, Theon and embarrasses them and all that stuff. Yeah. And like I say, the only time you ever see him, you know, back on his heels again, like I said, but, uh, it was after that scene. When he thinks he's got a possible brother coming, you know, and he's kind of frustrated and you see he's pissed. And the only time you really see him, you know, kind of at his match with his dad, you know. Yeah. I mean, realistically, if you listen to his dad and the things he did, I still I think dad's far worse. You just don't see an example of it every gosh damn time you watch the show. No, he just, you know, Roos is able to keep everything undercover. And like he talks about, you know, not creating so many enemies out of fear and, you know, yeah, just, he's more cunning and intelligent and Ramsey's just a you know psychopath. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to see that he's a psychopath every single time. I'm going to get off my soapbox on that. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Um, then we go back to another wintry scene. Davos rides through a camp and you see men are coughing and suffering and, Rolls up into Stennis' camp, and uh, he's like, hey, we've lost men, we've lost horses, we're not going to last much longer out here. Um, kind of gives Stennis the bad news. They lost 500 sail swords, and um, not not the best conversation. No, know? no. And uh, this is something where you kind of, we've heard about it a couple times, about militaries that are used to fighting in the snow and the ice, and... And then you have people like Stannis and men who come from Dragonstone where it's warm and a little more easier conditions. But the Northerners, they're used to this kind of stuff. You know, they're battle-hardened, and this climate doesn't phase them as bad. Yeah. Um, he tells them, you know, that you know we need to go back to Castle Black. He says, I'm not retreating, and that's not going to be my legacy. I've already done it once. I'm not doing it again. Um, he says, you can go. And then... Uh, you know, the old witch comes up to him and says, you know, uh, and he's like, I've followed you. I've listened to you. I'm, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? What do you know this? And she hits him with something I wasn't expecting. You know, you need more royal blood. 
and she wants his daughter. You know, and I was like, oh, hell no. We just had this a couple episodes ago where he has this fantastic speech about why his daughter means to him. Um, what is she getting from using, uh, you know, this person? How is this going to help him? Well, it's like everything she's done throughout. Anytime she gets any kind of king's blood, she can use her power. You know, you kind of see it with Stanis, like, grabbing her hip and leaning in on her and stuff like that. He wants to create another smoke monster, you know, to win this battle for him before it starts, or at least to damage the Bolton so bad to make it easier on himself. Um, but she's rejected that several times now saying he doesn't have the strength left to do that. So they used the Gendry to kill the Kings with the leeches. And, you know, now that he wants more, you know, magic helping him, she tells him basically the only way, and the only resource he has is his daughter. But he's but like, she would have to kill her to get the blood. Oh, it's either burn her or bleed her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. That ain't going down. But it's the thing. It's, this is the first time you're going to see this rift between them two. Possibly. You know, because he, he obviously turns her down and tells her to get out. You know, where does she go from here? Does... I mean, does she continue to support him, really? You know, if he's not willing to go the final sacrifice that she talks about, you know. Yeah, but she has to understand that's an unrealistic expectation of him. Yeah, but maybe not coming from her who strictly, you know, works, you know, in her God, you know what I mean? Like that's no matter what the consequence or whatever the path that she has to take, that's the path she takes, you know. Right. Okay. Devout, basically. Gotcha. Um, goes back to Castle Black and Gilly, uh, you know, walking around with the, doing her laundry, and yeah. uh, you can just see what's going to go down. Two guys walk in, pretty girl, you know, and they attack her. And Sam's rather round self comes in there and bark and, you know, take your hands off of her and pulls his big blade out. And looks completely useless as they take him to the ground immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, you think that uh, White Walk Slayer there would be able to, you know, make the guys kind of duck and weave, but it's one swift move and it's on the ground. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is we never killed that White Walker based on his sword skill. It was more based on his bravery, his courage, to his willing to act. You know. And that's what they showed here. I mean, he is just inept at sword fighting. And, and really, you feel bad for him. Man, they beat the fire out of this guy's head. And when he gets up, you know, you almost... I was literally... Because Amon had died, I was like, man, this could go bad for Sam. Mm-hmm. You know, because what's the point of leaving anybody alive almost when John gets back? So... But I did love seeing Ghost finally come back out. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I agree with you saying. I thought for sure somebody was going to pick the sword up and Sam was going to be skewered and have this real monumental death this episode. Uh, or, was like, or honestly, even bigger fear was Gilly would pick up the sword and stab one of the Black Brothers. And then you got a hell of a fight on your hands. You know, yeah, maybe Ghost takes out the other guy and they, they're okay, but they got to leave the castle right then and there, yeah. or they're both getting the chopping block. Explain to me, how does Ghost get into this picture? 
you know, they haven't gone into the dire wolves as much in the show as they do in the books. Okay. I mean, ghost is like John's guardian angel, just like the rest of them are with the other brothers and sisters. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's almost like John left ghost here to keep an eye on them in a way, you know, cause it's obvious that Sam didn't realize that he was going to be behind him, you know, walking in to help him. But I wish they would have gone and dove in a little more into what the dire wolves are. And yeah, there's the really world. not a whole lot about them. I mean, you see the very first episode, you see pups and they give them to them and train them. Da, da, da. After that, you really don't get anything else. Well, you do get Bran and his fact that he wargs into summer, and and yeah, but that's more about him, not the direwolf. You know, he does that with a lot of different things. And like I say, man, it's there's so much more in the books. I can't really talk much about it because I don't want it to spoil anything. Obviously, in the future, and it's not like I know. It's just if I even talk too much about it, I feel like it could spoil future things. Gotcha. You know? All right, so uh, of course the two run off with their tail between their legs, and cuts to the next scene where you see uh, Sam kind of collapses, and she gets him back and starts nursing his wounds, and he's got the shit beat out of him, and you know she's like, you know, why were you doing that? That was stupid. Blah 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 blah. You know, and then my man Sam <laughs> goes ahead and uh, gets a little. Uh, Sexual healing. Yeah, sexual healing, yes. You know? <laughs> and uh, I, I thought the the reaction was priceless. Oh, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was like, really, Sam? Oh, oh, oh my. my. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, power to you, Sam. You're getting laid. Way to go, Bubba. You know, uh, congratulations. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the kissing, you know, and the, they made the, the audio was a little louder. It was like smacking, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his uh, big bust from his lip. sounds, I would say that Sam was more than likely a two to three pump chump. And oh she might be brewing another <laughs> Sam Jr. At hey, this man. Point. You, can't, you can't be blaming the, the guy's got his first time. Woman there. Oh my! You know. <laughs> oh my! You know. Pump, pump, jerk. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Hey, you know? I'm, more, I'm happy for him. I'm happy, happy for him. Um, moves on and gets to a scene where you did slave trading. Um, they're out there and they're selling each one of these uh, slaves off that slave captors. And there you go, Jorah, my man, gets put up to the block. He gives him a big speech about how much of a big time fighter he is, and he slayed this, slayed that, slayed a Dothraki, and all these things. Oh, did you catch who he said he slayed? Mm-mm. Called Drogo. That's who he said he killed. Oh, he did? Yeah. He's a total lie. He total was selling him, selling him big high. <laughs> you know, really, you know, just ridiculous. In single combat. That's right. Inflating him. Yeah, and sure enough, there's a little bidding war, and then all of a sudden, some boy comes out of nowhere and puts 20 pieces up and gets him. And then I was like, well, hell, there goes Tyrion. He's going to be some other's chump, a, you know, a little jest for, jester for somebody else. Yep. And he comes over and says, well, I'm a great fighter, and da da da. And then he proceeds to chain whip this fool. <laughs> I mean, like, not three times, not four times. We're talking seven, eight, nine whips with this chain. And uh, throws him a couple of coins, and voila. He Maybe a coin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thought this was too convenient. Uh, I mean, I'm happy it happened. It needed to happen, but damn, it was convenient. 
Yeah, this is the part where they had to kind of follow in the book, and it was a little easier and more, you know, plausible in the book, I guess you'd say. But I don't know. I kind of enjoyed seeing Tyrion kind of whip somebody, and <laughs> my thing is, is that slaver probably would have just beat the fire out of him and sold him bloody. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, glad to see he's gonna stick with them. <laughs> yeah, he was good stuff. Uh, cuts right into Danny and Dario, uh, Dario, uh, naked in the bed and talking, and you know, lumpy lump, little two sex scenes going on this episode. Um, and basically, Dario's uh, jealous. They have a little conversation here, like, why do you have to marry this guy? Why can't you? Why can't you marry me? You know, this, the uh, I don't understand. And of course, she's trying to turn the tide there at the conversation, but she really doesn't have a really an answer other than I'm a queen. I'm a queen. You know. And he's like, well, queens can do whatever the hell they want, you know. Um, kind of thought he had a point, but, I mean, I know what she's trying to do, but he's still, you know, the lover. You know, he still wants to have his girl, you know. Yeah, he had a good, you know, comment about how she's the only, I guess, what did he, what did he say, not non-free or, or not yeah. uh, like the only slave left a marine. Yeah, exactly. Fact that she's you. a slave to her duties, right. kind of, and... And then he uh, gives her a suggestion. He says, when you get to these games, you need to get to all the heads of household and slaughter them all. Yeah. You know? And uh, she's like, well, you know, I'm a queen. I'm not a... I'm not a, um, not a butcher. Is, huh? Not a butcher. Not a butcher. And she goes, well, uh, king or queen or not, you're either the butcher or you're the meat. Yeah. And uh, I know what he's trying to say, and I like what he's trying to say. I think you have to show... The people you're going to follow the traditions, but you're also the ultimate authority of this area because the sons of the harpy are listening and following to the heads of the household. They're not listening to her and everything else. So I know what he's trying to convey. You know that we're the dominant force. You're the dominant force, and that I'll make people happy. But you're going to follow what I say and how I say. Yeah. And uh, she's not just not going to do it. You know, she's just not a violent person. Yeah, well, she's trying to do everything the passive way, and you know that could go good or bad. You know, it's it's not easy. No, heavy no. lies the crown. Um, goes right into the high sparrow over there washing the floor again. Him and his damn water bucket. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, and man, this is the this is the dialogue I've been salivating for. <laughs> is uh, Queen of Thorns rolls up in there, and I'm expecting some witty conversation. You know, oh, yeah. sure it delivers. Absolutely. Um, the only thing is, I don't think she expected him to have the answer she that he had. Anything she had or tried to twist or like that, he was able to uh, rebut or had something even better. Uh, really, really enjoyed this part. Any part with her is dynamite right now. Yeah, Dinah Rig crushes it, man. She's she just explodes off the screen, man. You can't get enough of her dialogue and her witty commentary, and you know, even dealing with any fanatic of any kind, they they have the answers whether you like them or not. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. I mean, they had a little quick, so like, you know, you know, oh, my knees hurt. I don't get down because of my hips. My hips, They had a little... It's like you thought, maybe they'd be friendly. for everything. Might be friendly at first. And uh, no, no. It it quickly goes, you know... Oh, it goes right to the meat Verbal battle. I'm here for my grandchildren. Well, they're here to be judged by the gods, you know... Uh, you know, do you want to be the person responsible for the starvation of everyone here? I'll take my crops away, and he's like, or all shall be judged. You make know? you the richest Septon in all of Westeros. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like 
She's throwing out both angles. Yeah, and he's like bribe uh, or. Yeah, and she's like, "You're squirming. You've never been able not to control a situation with your money, power, and well. Have you ever reaped any grain yourself? You know, yeah, I mean, he yeah. cuts her low. Yeah, I really, absolutely. really enjoy have any it. of you." Have any of the Tyrells. Yeah. And then he walks away and goes, it must be tough believing that you know, there's a person who doesn't have other outside alternative motives, you know. And it was it was a great spot. I really, really liked yeah, it. Yeah, you are the few. We are the many. Exactly. You know, which is basically the people rising up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, she leaves there, and she got her entourage, and somebody leaves her a little note. And I didn't know what the seal meant, but I kind of felt – who would send her a note to want to talk to her? That's what through my mind. And I was, my mind immediately was Baelish, and sure enough, I was correct. Yeah, it's just it's the Mockingbird sigil. It's in black, so it's harder to see. But uh, yeah, that's what it was. Anytime you see that black ink with a bird on it, that's gotcha. The Mockingbird. Yeah, well, that's who I figured. That's the only person that would be an interesting person who would be able to speak to her and have something to add to this situation. And, and kind of cool seeing Baelish wander around his old, you know, whorehouse and. Yeah. Then tore up. He actually looks like he's a little, you know, kind of tore up about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's something he built and created and was prosperous yeah. from kind of his beginnings, you know. Um, Cersei sitting down with, um, what's his name? His son, uh, Tommen. 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 And, you know, I am the king and my wife is in prison and I can't do shit about it, basically. You know, and she's like, "Well, these are things you don't understand. It's going to work out." Gonna, you know, da, 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 da. And she's just giving him the soft, you know, "It's going to be all right." Crap. And finally, he acts like he's going to grow a pair. He's like, oh, "I'm going to get. A, I'm going to start a war. I'll kill them all to get her." Yeah. And, da, da, da. and she's starting to realize, better do some damage control. Yeah. I wish he just would have walked out right then with the king's guard and went to waylaying. Oh yeah. Get your boys. We're going to get my wife right now. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about then that episode turns into a hell yeah episode. Absolutely. He walks behind his entourage just like you hail and you see heads flail <laughs> off. You know, these you know, all these little bastards are getting stabbed and slaughtered oh. through the city. It's just you know, street of red. We got we got the red wedding, we got the red street to save Marjorie. Yeah, really. Just a trail. Yeah, leading to a bodies, you know, <laughs> don't cross me, yeah. you know, give me my wife, you know, um, what, a, oh, what an episode that would have been. What if, what if, what if, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then of course he tells her, you know, another thing I can do, I love her, you know, and you see Cersei's face just kind of um, like, just like she just st- ate her, like my just her heart stubbed yeah. her, you know, um, you know, says she'll do whatever she can do to help, and blah blah blah. Uh, I think so that just enhanced like, her, you know, determination to get rid of Marjorie. You know, it's oh like, yeah. oh god, he does love her. Time to make sure this is finished time to off. sever that connection yeah. completely. Um, then it rolls over to uh, Jamie. He's in Dorne, and he's visited by his daughter, and uh, she basically. Calls him an idiot. I'm here. I love it. I'm going to marry him. Um, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, you, you had longer hair, more hands. There was little quips <laughs> in there. Uh, uh, you don't know me, you know, which kind of cut him deep, you could tell. Yeah. Well, of course, she doesn't know that she's talking to her daddy, and he can't tell her. And it was just, uh, it, he didn't have that moment he was going over there for. To save her, be that guy. It just didn't happen. 
Yeah, and you know, he didn't start to realize until later on in life that he was never given the opportunity to to be a father, you know. It's like they had to keep it all secret all the time. You had to watch somebody else be the father and as soon as you tried to make it at all known, they would have all been killed. So it's like he really was stuck in the rock in a hard place. Oh yeah. On his well, of his own making. You yeah, know, but well, he he made that bed. He's sleeping in it. I mean, it's just that simple. Well, no pun intended. Disgusting incestual yeah. bed. <laughs> <laughs> then our man Braun singing in the prison. All right, what song is he praising? Was the he Dornishman's wife? Okay, and um, and just like you said, they started talking about the poison dagger. I knew it. I knew and it. And I was like, wait a minute. She starts talking about prettiest woman. You starting to feel woozy. And then he starts to lose his mind. And I was like, oh, hell no. We're fitting, no way we're losing Braun this episode. I was about to be pissed. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of leaning up in my chair like, what the, you know, no. And, and then my mind immediately got turned away from that when she starts uncovering her breast. Her rather fine. I'm going with a B plus, maybe a small C. <laughs> you know, just putting it out there. Um, you know, it starts tantalizing him, and he starts taking it. I didn't see a thing. I'm a married man. I pay no attention to that type of stuff. <laughs> so full of shit. Anyway, um, you know, and then he starts to realize. Well, and then she tells him, I have this special thing I put on my blade, and you should start to feel the effects and you know there's you know nothing that'll save you or he starts oh yeah. shit you know absolutely and then as much as i'm happy that she threw him the antidote it made the scene lose its value to me why why save him why do that why go through all that i don't that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me it just didn't go I'm not sure yet. Um, I think it was kind of like just a, a power play. You know? I think it was Bronze a favorite character, and that's the reason he was on this mission, so he would have more in the show. And we're not going to kill him off with a you know a, a laced uh, knife wound. Yeah, but in what scenario do you see him leaving Dorne? just with you know prince doran saying sorry jamie head home she doesn't want to go with you and send them both back or that's the most logical i mean it's possible if he doesn't want war that'd be the way to do it i'm just saying well i mean if he goes up there and tells him we received threats and it had this and then they realize well it's just the you know oberon's mistress and the sand snakes i think all is there you know you go we're going to deal with the sand snakes and the uh, mistress and there it is and it's I'll, I'll just say this I've hated everything about the sand snakes so far um, but I actually really enjoyed the scene and it's not the nudity and stuff like that but I actually felt like her acting was better a little bit you know and this has got to be a tough scene to act in you know I mean she's getting naked for the camera and stuff like that and you kind of at least get to see how deadly they can be it's like they don't have to kill you, you know, lopping your head off or stabbing you through the heart or throwing a spear through your face. You know, all they got to do is get a blade on you. If it touches you, you know, you could die with a slow death, you know, yeah. nonetheless. Just even a nick could get yeah. you. So, I don't know. I think it was kind of a cool way to bring Bronlow a little bit. You know, he was so confident all the time and 
and to just get him that close to dying, you know, and see him the the only time you'll you've ever seen him, you know, scared and flustered and you know, and then for them to throw in the antidote and stuff like that and bring him back, it's like, man, that's got to be tough, you know, and I could see him not necessarily backing them. You know, but not necessarily being an enemy of theirs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An ally. Yeah. Maybe not. Like I said, not even even an ally. Maybe, but just I don't know. Like I don't know. Just not not hating him. Not going right. out of his way to try to right. kill him. A sympathizer. Yeah. I know yeah, what you're saying. Something like that. I got you. I got you. And it's finally made Dorn something you can you look forward to see where it's going to go from here because you have no idea now. Right, because it can only go one direction. They have to start talking to Prince Doran. Like, I want to see this guy. I mean, this guy's a good actor. I want to see him on the scene with some conversations with these characters, you know? Yeah. I want to see his bodyguard in action. Somehow. I want something in this se- I want something this happened this season where we get to see him in action. And Well, here's the thing with him. There's only, what, one guy that's worth him fighting? And that'd be Braun, right? That would be worth seeing an awesome fight between him and Braun. Or him and all three Sand Snakes. You know, mm-hmm. obviously what they've shown lately is shite, but I mean, who else is he going to fight to show you what you want to see? You know what I mean? Right, right. And I want to see the same thing. It could be him versus a, a larger group, you know, in some capacity, you know. Yeah, I don't know. They, but who's yeah, sending the larger in. group? You know, who's sending the larger group? You know what I'm saying? It's just I don't like, know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think we're going to see it. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, I want to yeah. see him in action. Oh, I do too. Don't worry. But once again, that leads me to that same fear of Braun dying because if it is going to be the battle, it's between him and Braun. You know, right? Well, no, I don't want to see that because we've already had Brienne and the Hound, and I didn't want to see either one of them go. I like how it ended, um, but I don't. There, I don't see a happy ending. That other situation, right? But I, I look like at Braun and the Hound as the two best anti-heroes on the show. You know, you do you don't love them for being good people. You know what I mean? You just love the character, but you just love how great of character they are. Yeah, and the actors who do them are amazing. <sighs> so good. Um, Baelish in his old uh, stomping you know, grounds, flesh-selling facility. Um, was in shambles, destroyed, and there was the meet the Queen of Thorns, and he, she's he's like I'm trying to apologize for the setting, and she's like, "Shut up, I'm not listening." Either. You know, you're not sorry. Just get to what you're gonna get to. And cool callback to when Cat came to Winterfell in the first season. How he apologizes for the setting, and she's like, yeah, "Shut up." Yeah, I mean, good stuff. Uh, it, this was a good setup, and another great dialogue. And they talk about the past as the past, and what matters is the future, and do a few things. And it, it basically, realizes that this damn little finger is making another ally, another play, another you know, another ace in the pocket for his card game. And the guy is constantly moving, shaking, making things happen that's going to benefit him in the long run. Then he says he has a gift for, you know, for, I guess, against Cersei. And what is the gift? I mean, he said a a bit of information, but... He said a handsome young man. Who do you think that is? Did he say that? I didn't catch that part. Yeah, it's basically information on a handsome young man 
So who would you think that could be? Oh, in my mind, I mean, of course I've seen the show, but a handsome young man that's something that would hurt Cersei. There was only one person. I mean, that was Lancel, in my mind. I think it could be Lancel, but I also think it could be Tommen. You know, I don't know this. All right. For instance, There's no way you can prove that Tommen is an ancestral child of Jamie. So you right. can't hurt him that way. I agree with you. I do agree with you. Okay. But they can't prove anything against Marjorie either. They can't prove anything against Loras. All they need to do is get you in the trial. All they have to do is have enough circumstantial, whatever the case may be. They get to decide. They get to decide whether or not it goes to trial, obviously, because they say Marjorie and, and Laura, uh, Loras are going. You know what I mean? So it's like... You've already heard the the whisperings of the bastard talk and stuff like that about Tors Tommen. I agree with you. I think it's probably Lancel. And I do have book knowledge, but I don't know which direction they're going in the show. Okay? So, and the fact that at the end of this episode you see what happens to Cersei, and you see Lancel, it's like, okay, it was probably Lancel. Yeah. But what has Lancel told them, you know? That she was sleeping with him while the king was alive. Yeah, but there was also the fact that um, he was implicated in the plot to kill Robert with the wine and everything. It's like, so is it the fact that she was sleeping with Lancel while married to the king? Or was it that she was implicated on the murder plot? I think the adultery is more, carries more weight because you have true evidence because he's like, I slept with her. Right. And it was never made clear. Like, I don't know if Lancel knows that Cersei and Jamie were a thing. I don't. I mean, obviously, he knows that she's willing to sleep incestually with a cousin, but I don't know if he knew that Jamie and the kids were. From what I can Jamie's. tell, the only person who's ever known is is Bran that actually well, saw or seen or has had the first hand knowledge, right? And and then Ned Stark, obviously, putting the pieces together that all the bastards were dark haired, you know you know kids and that there was no way that blonde haired kids came into the mix until they put all the pieces together that it was Jamie's kids um but you also got to remember that Ned sent out the letters to Stannis and stuff like that suggest you know telling him that these kids are bastards you're the rightful heir and so I don't know what direction they're going to go at it I really don't but uh obviously she has a many skeletons in her closet yeah she's definitely got a load there ain't no doubt um next you see Jorah and all the slaves and like that and they're all putting armor on and getting weapons and I'm salivating I'm the like, gladiator scene yeah You've seen it in all these movies straight <laughs> gladiator and um a guy comes in and he brings out a whole load of them but he leaves Jorah behind with Tyrion didn't understand this part. I thought, you know, especially when they showed the next part where they're all supposed to be battle royale and who survives is, you know, your person. Why was Jorah not out there? The one thing I could think was that they know Jorah is the is the best fighter and that maybe that the battle royale, whoever was lift, had to fight Jorah. You know, that's the only thing I could think. I don't know. It seemed odd to me, but... It was a little rushed. I don't think they did a good job explaining why, who went, yeah. who well, didn't. Well, there was no explanation. There was zero. I mean, if Tyrion, why, why wasn't Tyrion thrown out there just to be, you know, 
meat to the wolves. I mean, yeah, I won't say this was the best set up thing, but fun, super fun. Yeah, no, it was definitely, it was definitely sweet. Um, and then of course, you know, great little action scene. Danny squirming and uh, her and her husband, and, you know, or not husband, future, um, are watching and they just start going at it and Homeboy just takes a knife to the throat and tears it all the way to the side muscle and just spills out and he starts twitching and, you know, I mean, it's just brutality to the highest and it's awesome. And she's in no favor of that. Yeah, and uh, I was, I really dig this. They really went the extra mile on a few of those things and then, and then Jorah realizes she's out there, and this is his time. You know, he's got to make a move. Um, and so he goes out there, and then, of course, it shows Tyrion. <laughs> where does he get the file from? Where, where does this come from with him trying to get this chain off? And he pulled a file out of his back pocket, boot. Where was this? And his you hair. know what? Honestly, I didn't think about that one bit during the show, and I was like. I was like, look at this. Like, no. Where did this magic file come from? You know what it was? They were on there sharpening their blades and stuff like that. That's what it was for. I'm still going to call BS. Yes. Because it was a little too easy. But. Convenient. Yeah. And who is the monster that cuts yeah. him loose? Him and. Uh, oh, and the weapon he had is one of my favorite. It's got a skull crushing ball on the end of a blade. Where have you ever seen a weapon like that before? You know what it called me back to was Robin Hood. The. Uh, what's his name? The. Uh, who played Robin Hood with Morgan Freeman? Um, oh, Costner? Kevin Costner. Remember the opening scene where they're lopping hands off when he's in jail? Yeah. From the Crusades? That big dude's all sweaty and he just kind of drops the blade, you know, yeah, cuts buddies. That's what it called me back to. I mean, immediately, that's what yeah, I thought of. I mean, but, yeah, and of course, why does he cut his blade? Why? Where does he come from? I don't know. Convenient. <laughs> extra convenient the file doesn't work let's get the ogre from from robin hood to come cut it up with his bowls you know yeah his, yeah. his skull crushing you know blade jorah walks out takes care of five guys without actually killing any of them yep uh bitch slaps one with his bracer cha-ching bracers are back <laughs> yes they're back <laughs> and and then he uh, of course whips the helmet off no, great to see you. Get him out of my sight. Get him out of my sight. You know, and he's like, just a second, I brought you a gift. And she pauses and listens, and you know, da, 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 and there you go. Old Tyrion rolls on out and has his little spiel. And why, this still hasn't sunk into me, and maybe you can tell me, why is Tyrion so important to her? Well, why would it? Why would he be? Because the number one he's a hatred. Lannister and Westeros is controlled by a Lannister? Not necessarily that. It's just because he's a Lannister, mainly. Because the Targaryens blame the Lannisters for the death. Especially she blames the Lannisters for the death of her father. Jaime killed her father, stabbed him in the back. But it was Tywin that came in on false pretenses and then swept through the you know castle and killed all of Targaryens that were remaining. Including their children and stuff. So... They have a special hate for Lannisters and the fact that his sister's a queen and, you know, has power. And, I mean, he's a good bargaining chip. He really is. Uh, but he's not. But she doesn't know that yet. She's not aware that he's killed his father and is on the run, on the lamb, you know. It's just... Yeah. So, all he's doing is trying to get in, his, get in 
You know, I th- he feels like was, once he gets in, he can talk his way out of any situation. Which well, she know? probably can. And, it, and honestly, what is she? What is she going to do when she hears that? No, I killed Tywin Lannister. You know, I ran because, you know, I was blamed for killing Joffrey, the you know the other Lannister king. So yeah, another piece of crap. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so in a way, he does have a slight amount above Jorah really I mean because she's already told Jorah don't show your face or I'll I'll cut it off you know right um hmm anyway Cersei goes down to the prison meets with Marjorie Marjorie's looking rough you know of course she gives her these (laughs) terrible are they treating you okay are they feeding (laughs) you all right you don't do kind so well you know uh, and she calls her out you know you know, you're you're a liar, you're a bitch, whatever. Hateful bitch. Yeah. Throws her shit against the wall. Get out, you know. And uh, Cersei, you know, she's she's glowing a little bit, you know. Goes down to meets the High Sparrow. And uh, another great scene of dialogue and setup. And I knew immediately as he decided to continue the conversation and say, let me show you something. And went through the whole spiel of that altar and the, you know, the stone, and it's the oldest building. Gave some good background. This is what will remain, not the shiny monstrosity outside the the you know Sept of Baylor. Yeah. You know, it was really cool. I agree with yeah, you. I, I really enjoyed. This. I really enjoyed this part. Price is just phenomenal. Yeah, he's uh, really done well. He's done great. And then he, uh, you know. You know, we kind of unleash some things. What, what would things say about you and your family when we and, strip away the the yeah. gold and the? And uh, she immediately looks at him like, "Hmm, where are you going with this?" You know, and uh, he talks about a family member who wants to talk, and there he is. Old yeah. Lancel rolls out, and uh, I was like. Oh, hell, here it is. <laughs> I was like, they're going to start singing like a canary. It's time to be... Ju-. And, of course, they sn- she tries to get out of there. They snatch her up and throw her in prison. And there was a applause at the Sims residence. You know, there was no yeah. doubt. Um, uh, I love this. You know, really, the truthfully, uh, Lancel's already saying. He's already talked about it. You know, that's what he was talking about, how they, you know, he came and was emotionally and physically damaged. And... Once he came clean, he was light as a, you know, his spirit was so light, he would float with the gods or whatever, you know, he was talking about. And I was like, oh, he's already talked. You know, mm-hmm. she's in deep shit now. <laughs> there ain't no doubt. There yeah. ain't no doubt. We've, you, you've been derobed of your personal tidbits, and he's giving them all out, you know. Yeah. Those, uh, the giant woman that snatches her up, the three women or whatever. They play a little bit bigger role in the books. I'm curious to see. I don't think they're gonna like be named characters or anything like that. Uh, no, I mean their faces were covered. All you saw was their eyes, and you know, well, they're they're basically nuns, the yeah. right? They're just basically large nuns. Yeah. But in large the books, they're, they're kind of you know they have names, but <laughs> not uh, nothing nothing special. But it's kind of cool to see them running around. Yeah, there was one part she questioned. She said, "If Marjorie were to admit, what would her fate be?" And he says. Um, the mother's mercy, mercy of the mother. Yeah. Mother's mercy or something like that. Yeah, mother's mercy. I That's think he was kind of opening the door to something we might see down the road. That's just me talking out loud. Yeah, um, but even the mother's mercy, is okay, that might mean she's not executed, but they still come up with some kind of punishment. Right. 
you know, you know, she gets dumped into the to the prison cell, and she turns around and looks at one of them big nuns and goes, "See this face? Look at this face. This is the last face you see before you die." You know, makes a pretty bold threat. Girl yeah. slams the door like you're nothing to me. You know, <laughs> uh, and then of course it cuts to credits. And like I said, we were my wife and I were applauding. Um, yes, it's about yes. damn time something redemptive. You know, absolutely. Uh, way to way to wrap uh, an episode. Yeah, this stuff was great. This was solid gold. I love this. You know, just you know, like once again, it's kind of lifting you up, even though it's lifting a bad character. But then pulling the rug out from under him, you know, it's just really well done. And John the Price is just knocked it out of the park and made this a lot, you know, a lot better than even oh, yeah. I remember. Well, so. you know, you saw like his his facial expression and mood was, oh, you spoke to her, that's great. Let me show you this. Look at this. This is stayed. Da, 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 da. And then as soon as she he said, you know, if we pulled away everything from you. And, you know, his soul is, you know, high amongst the gods and starts talking. His facial and his tone and everything was so... Kind of sinister, almost. Oh, I've got your ass. Yeah. You yeah. ain't walking out of here, you know? It was it was great. It Absolutely. was great stuff. It Absolutely. was really, really good. Like I said, it cut the credits and boom, we were applauding. Great episode. Uh, really, really like that. Um, you know... I, like I said before, I think the next three episodes are going to be monumental. One or two are going to be really up there in the wow factor. It's got to uh, be. Looking forward to it. So I'm salivating again. This is this was a good episode. Um, you know, for for a no action episode, it was good. It was slow a little bit in the beginning. Not a whole lot of characters. Just you know, we focused on a few like they have, but a more minuscule amount. Um, but like I said, a lot of good setup. You know, it um, it just makes you salivate for the next one. So I, I'm that's what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely, and the fact that you didn't see some characters, it's like we haven't seen Brienne in a couple episodes, and now Arya is only got a few episodes to show us, you know, some things. You know, so in a way, I'm still slightly worried that we're not going to get, like for instance with Arya, we're not going to get as much Arya as I'd like. You know. You know, becoming her faceless man and Brienne you know I really want to see that intersection of Stannis Bolton Brienne you know yes I really want to see that and I don't know if we're going to end up getting the battle or what you know this this season but my thing is, is if we don't then we have to open next season with a battle you know so it's like there's pros and cons. There's what? Yeah, there is. Okay, because it could be a good cliffhanger to leave, you know, with Stannis' army at the gates of Winterfell or or whatever. And I'll be pissed. You know, <laughs> well, you will. But man, how much would you be excited for episode one of season True six? That. You know, True that. I so that. it's not what I want necessarily. I'd really want to see that intersection and that battle, and okay. to see Brienne make that decision. You know, like, do I go after Stannis? Or Sansa, my priority. You right. know, it's like I really want to see that. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I, I completely see that. Especially because that hers the part that's so far off book. I have no idea what's going. I hear you. Um, well, since you've been talking about it, what was? Uh, let's go to the next section. Best and worst. Uh, what was your worst part? Worst part. 
Man, I don't. I can tell you mine yeah, give was me the too much convenience with Tyrion and Jorah in their small part of this. Him getting to whip that guy and getting bought by the same person. Jorah not in the mix to go out there in the fight and then goes out there on his own. Um, Tyrion and the file and the guy cutting it off from nowhere. It was just it was way too much convenience. And so as much as I enjoyed the parts, the writing part of that right there was a disappointment to me. Honestly, I think I'll have to probably agree. And once again, just to kind of repeat to you, is the enjoyment factor was great. Um, but even the fact that Danny and his daughter were there was super convenient as well, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that, Oh, whoever wins this battle gets to go to the big, the great games. And, but you didn't even need that. You know, it didn't matter who won. Right. It just mattered that he would had five seconds to take his helmet off and show her, you know, who he was and Tyrion to come out and psych. So I agree with you. I'd say that was probably the worst, worst thing, but, uh, fun awesomely fun yeah exactly because i mean like the fight scene stuff was awesome but just too much convenience there they could have yeah. set it up better i'll say the choreo the choreography was great acting was great but the yeah i guess the coincidence was just too much yeah, it was too much uh best part to me was high sparrow and cersei the dialogue the conversation uh it was her coming in on her mighty horse and being reduced to nothing in a matter of 60 seconds to two minutes of dialogue was monumental. It was the turn of the tide in my mind. You know, I complained last week about how I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for something redemptive, and I finally get a great taste of it this episode. And so it was monumental for me, so that's why I call it the best part. Wow, it would be a big surprise here. My best part is probably the Sand Snakes and Brawn part. And this is the reason why. You just like that pair of C cups I know the truth okay I'm not disparaging her in any way she's beautiful but my thing is from what we've had before to what we've got in that scene it's You're such a gap you like it because it's a monumental improvement of the character exactly it is I actually to a minimal amount give a shit about the sand snakes now and bronze predicament and stuff you know what i mean do you think it has anything to do with that it was um a different director and how it was set up because both the sand snakes episodes that sucked were the Podeswa, and this was a different director and went kind of a different director or do you think it was just an overall production altogether difference I, I honestly i would probably say it had more to do with the writing because it's not like it was a big it was just between two cells you know it's not like it was you know, big time cinematography and things like that, that the director had to do, but the writing was much better. You know, two of the sand snakes barely spoke. It was just Nymeria or whatever her name is that did all the talking and Braun doing the singing, which is great. I love hearing him sing and just act like he doesn't understand where he is right now. Um, but yeah, it's just the monumental difference between what I thought about them last episode to what I think about them now, you know, and I mean, it, it, maybe it wasn't the best scene in the whole episode. You know, the, really, the strangely enough, the Tyrion and Jorah stuff, I loved. Even though the coincidence was crazy. Right. I, but, I, I agree with that. But the big shift, you know, and yeah. you didn't give no, a shit. No, you're, I think you're on the money. That's good stuff. No, I, I, I could definitely roll with that. Um, not a problem with that at all. Um, well, let's go to the next part. Um, farewell. Let's uh, go ahead and say goodbye to 
Maester, is it Abby? Is that what you said? Amon. Amon. And he's a Targaryen, right? And he's Egg's brother. And uh, we'll just go ahead and say farewell, man. Um, I really thought he was a fantastic character. I think he knocked it out of the park. There wasn't a single episode or a single scene I can say that he was a part of that I disliked. Oh, absolutely not. He was fantastic. Everything he had to say was great. Matter of fact, the worst time was when he's delirious in his bed right before he dies. You know, that's yeah, yeah. But where he seems he the weakest. It off. I mean, I could see an old man losing his mind or be on the bridge of death, and uh, you know. You're thinking back to your childhood. You're thinking about all these other things that might make you peaceful, and you're you're losing your lucidity. Um, I mean, it was 100% believable, on the money. I, I dare to say, could be the most consistent actor on the show. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. I just really enjoy anything he was in, and I thought he got a great a great scene with the voting scene where he put the chip on for John. Right. And I'm glad he got to get that in. And I'm really going to miss him. You know, and I'll be honest, I have no idea who the actor is, but I am curious how old he is. Because, man, dude, for what he was pulling off at his obvious age, no way he's under. He has to be over 90 years old, wouldn't you think? At least over 80. I mean, because I actually had a fear, because like I said, in the books, he goes a little, you know, he goes a little further. I actually had a fear that he might not survive making the show. You know, you know, we've had some people have to leave the show, you know, for health or death. Various reasons, yeah. Yeah, so I I hear you. I I was actually worried because this guy's fantastic. And, you know, I hate to see him go, but mega props to this guy for excellent. Absolutely. Uh, let's get some fewer feedback. We had some good ones this week. I cut it down to about uh, eight or nine that I kind of like. We've got time to run through. Um, B sends out, a, uh, why is Sansa would do what she needed to do to survive these people? Get out of the castle when the army approach, pledge her loyalty to Stannis, and wait while he wipes out her repulsive in-laws, and then become wardeness of the north, keeping a few soldiers around so Littlefinger and Devil returns. Um what do you think of that, man? I think it'd be super convenient, like you say. <laughs> yeah, no uh, joke. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice, but if you think this, like, it's a common thing people say, if you think this has a happy ending, you're not paying attention. You know, it's just, I look at it more like she'll be lucky to survive a battle. Um, she better hope to either have Brienne or finally turn Theon to, on her side and try to escape. You know, Stannis be damned. Just get away, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. Just, I just look at it like, I mean, getting out of the castle, first off, I mean, her room's locked. Maybe she locks it because she didn't want anybody to bother her, but her room is locked. Is she locked in there? Is she like a prisoner in her own room when they want her to be? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, she's being forced to stay there. Just like Ramsey said, take her back to her room, you know. That's where she's supposed to be, um... Yeah, because her room is not... It doesn't look like it's Ramsay's room. Because that was not the same room that... Was it? It wasn't the same room. No. It didn't look like the same bed. No, so. it wasn't the same. So they obviously have her in her own little spot. Oh, yeah. So I look at it like she would play hell to get out of there. You know, 
So I don't know. I'm with you. Bottom line is, is that you know she supposedly can't leave because of the weather outside. She has nowhere to go. Blah blah blah. You know, she put her plea out there for the candle so she could get a you know a rescue party, whatever. And of course, that was thrown back in her face with the woman being skinned out there. Um, you know, she's running out of options. Um, I don't really see her having anything other than what she's trying to do. She's trying to find some kind of ally to help her. Yeah. You know, and now they know, you know, if you put a candle up there, what that means. And so it's just, uh, I, she's kind of a dead end to me until something happens with Stennis or Brienne decided to take off in there. She's just going to be there. You know, I don't see much happening with her until Stennis becomes a player. Yeah. It's like they need the distraction. Exactly. They need some kind of large event to be going on, like right. a battle. If she can find a way to get to Castle Black, where she now knows that John's there and is the leader, she's got a she can do something. But that's yeah, not but the best option either, being a female going to Castle Black, you know. But and when does John get back? Right, but she it didn't even does know he's John gone. Get back. You know, so. exactly. She could show up and then she becomes you know, the next rape victim of a bunch of guys there. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. Uh, Scott says, guys, you know. I am tired of seeing a established character have to portray their personality creates every episode. This is Scott. I'm talking about Ramsey. I know it is. We should stop showing them displaying the same personality over and over again. Ramsey is a sadist. True. We understand that. Um, and yet, the fact that we did not stop him from being a sadist every single episode. Uh, Ned Stark was considered the most honorable character on the show, uh, but he did not show his honorability every second he was on the TV. Why on earth do we have to constantly see him being a sadist every scene? Scott, I'm right there with you. This is something I complained about earlier. Um, we know what kind of person he is. I think that you know we don't have to see something that he's done that's out of bounds every single time you know all the other characters have moments of great dialogue great conversation uh, why hasn't the show set this up with him as maybe he has a planning or, you know or an effort or something instead of actually seeing a physical or mental torture uh, I don't know I happen to love how this guy's playing Ramsey I'll be honest I know he's sick I know he's twisted I like him too he's perfect his his sinister grin and his thing ah, he does all the time he is a chilling you don't dude. have to see him do something evil every time but my thing is, is none of us complained about it when it was Joffrey every episode anytime you saw Joffrey he was doing something shitty it didn't always end up being something murderous or torturous well, I disagree I don't think Joffrey did something bad every time we saw him I mean, Jeez. reality of it is, don't get me wrong, he was a twit and he did a lot of stuff, but there were times where he was just talking his mouth off. He wasn't actually doing an action. You know, there were times of that. Yeah, but I, I would say that Joffrey's wah, wah, and his little creepy interactions with, you know, killing Roz and, you know, just, you know, chopping Ned's head off and showing it to Sansa later on and stuff like that. I would say. He bothered me almost more than Ramsey. Um, at least Ramsey wears it right there on his sleeve. You know, True. Yeah. Just he's sick. Everybody knows it. You right. know, just a twisted dude. I don't think he knows any other way. You know. I, so if they showed him doing something nice, that would be the character betrayal, really. Right. 
Um, Joy says, guys, I started watching Sons of Anarchy on Netflix. I'm binging. And I went through season two where I just saw Gemma get raped by multiple men multiple times. Yet, I never heard of any uproar from any fans, and the show continued on strongly for many seasons. Why now do y'all think everybody has gone ape over the situation with Sansa, where you don't even visually see anything, but you just have one character who gets raped? And this is not the first person to be raped in uh, God or Game of Thrones. Thoughts? Once again, I'm not trying to trivialize or, you know, lessen how horrible rape is but i will never understand any uproar about anything on a tv show it's fiction you know and it just so happens it's in all the tv shows i just can't i can't put on a a scale and say which one's worse murder or rape well not only that did you have any uproar when theon got his junk cut off and put in a box and given to his dad i mean there wasn't people protesting then you know, I mean, she, yeah, she's been violated. She's been raped. And it's absolutely horrible. But like you said, there's people being killed. I mean, a woman got stabbed in the belly while she was pregnant. Absolutely. Didn't hear an uproar. All I heard was, what an amazing episode. Well, that's the thing is, they, the deaths on the show, whether they're tragic or not, are still celebrated as, man, this show. This show's crazy. Tear your heart it's, out. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. I lost a character. I love it. I love this yeah. show. It just yeah. tears me out all the time. But, you know, victim Sansa, uh, you know, getting bounced around like a leaf in the wind, um, meets Ramsey. She gets raped. And there's such an outcry. You know? And I'll be honest, I'm actually dreading listening to a podcast this week. I listened to several that follow Game of Thrones. And it one of the ones I listened to, there's a very outspoken uh, host on it about rape and stuff like that. I'm still worried to hear about this episode because Gilly was almost the victim of a rape yeah. in this episode. So it's like, and their whole thing is, it's like, do we have to have rape? And all, almost every episode is that something we have to constantly have. And I'm just like, if this is supposed to be based on a medieval era where arranged marriages lead to rapes constantly because many of these women don't want to marry these men. Many of these men don't want to wear these women, you know, and there's brigands and rapists and thieves and, you know, all around cowards. It's just, I don't know. I'm never going to understand people complaining about fiction. I just, I will never get it. I'm with you. Um, we, uh, there was a few fear feedback on the few view, <laughs> viewer, viewer feedbacks. The exact same thing. Why are people complaining about something that's not real? And maybe I can be enlightened one day by a really good conversation with somebody that's on the other end of the spectrum. But right now, man, I'm sorry if that brings back horrible memories for people that may have, you know, endured something like that. But, you know, what do you do? You know, are you supposed to just censor everything? I don't want, you know, I watch Walking Dead. And one of the worst things that ever happened was they're screwing with the wrong people. Like, that should have been an F-bomb. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the comic book hits it home right there, and then they completely, you know, throw the softball instead of the fastball. Right, but that completely takes me out of the show. And that was an awesome scene, you know, but it takes me out. It's like, talk like you're supposed to talk, or speak like you're supposed to speak, act like you're supposed to act. I mean, I'm sorry. If that means it's horrible, act horrible. If it's a cuss word, say a cuss word. 
You know, if nudity's involved, put it in there. That's AMC for you, though. I hate to tell you. Yeah, it's ain't HBO. But the thing of it is, is it's like okay, we can show a little girl get her head blown off because she's a zombie. It's okay. Oh yeah, forty-four caliber to the skull. Watch it blow out the back. It's okay though. Opening scene. You know. But one little f bomb on a pivotal moment at the end of a season, and it's like no, 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 no. We don't want to. Yeah. Upset the delicate sensibilities of our viewers. Yeah. Morality here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind other people's limbs getting chopped uh, off and stuff. It. I know it. Uh, L says, uh, no spoilers, just my thoughts, guys. I want y'all to know. Uh, I haven't read the books. So I'm with Zach on this. Um, here's what I think. Uh, Brianne Tarth will, res- will rescue Sansa. Um, I'm waiting to cheer the fabulously strong female character. Stannis will fail because he's a love-struck fool instead of listening to Davos. Uh, Jon Snow will win, as he always does. Um, Tommen will grow a pair and overthrow the Faith Militants and save Marjorie, but leave Cersei locked up once he's realized the situation that has been created. Just my wishful thoughts again. You guys rock. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that, L. Uh, anyway, um, unfortunately, L, I don't think any of these things happen. <laughs> I, I, I love your optimism here, but um, Brienne, I don't see the rescue party. Uh, I don't see that coming. I see if she rolls up in there, she'll get daggered to death, uh, or we'll lose Pod in the process as well. Uh, I do think she's a strong female character, but that's not the way it's going to go down. Um Stennis, he might fail. Yeah, there might be a situation, but I don't know how that's going to go. I'm, I'm hoping that his strategic and smarts are going to come into play and then an internal quabble between Ramsey and whatever's going on with Sansa and everything else is a distraction that gives him the upper hand. That's what I'm hoping for. That's how it plays out. Uh, John, I do agree that John will probably um, – go up there and accomplish his mission. I don't see the show going to the point of him going up there and failing and becoming, you know, crow meat, um, as well as, uh, but the Tomlin growing a pair and saving Marjorie and leaving Cersei in prison. No way. Absolutely not. Uh, I just don't No, You know, he's, he's already shown he's weak sauce and he ain't going that route. Okay. I don't have show knowledge or book knowledge on this, but here's my prediction since we're into it. Okay. My prediction is, all right, let's say Winterfell. I'm kind of with him a little bit where there's going to be some interior squabbling. I think it's possible because they keep bringing it up. They keep bringing up the baby that's coming from Roos and fat Walda. So does Roos kill Walda? I mean, does Ramsey kill Walda in a, not a jealous rage, but like a like a scheme to make sure he doesn't have a strategic move. Yeah, right. So then, does there cause you know conflict between Roos and Ramsay on the inside, which could give Stannis, even though he's being hurt by the winter, maybe does that give him the chance, you know, to to breach the walls because there's inner turmoil, right? I think I could see it going that way. You know what I mean? Because here's my thing with Brienne. What's what's Brienne going to do? She can't just walk through the doors and be like, right. and then try to get Sansa out of there. Yes, she's not coming until there's a distraction. Something going on. And Stennis is the distraction. Right. So here's what I'm thinking is Stennis is about to get the upper hand 
and is about to take Winterfell because the inner turmoil has messed the defenses of Winterfell up, right? And then maybe that's where Brienne comes in, and you're like, yeah, Stannis. And then Brienne just, just yeah, fillets him, fillets right, him there right there. Puts, you know, him, puts, her, puts him right next to the northern woman right, on the wall. Just saws him in half, and then it's like, oh my god. And then she wanders out with Sansa or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. But, you know, you could see what I'm saying? Wishful like, thinking. That would take down a character you don't know whether or not to root for in Stannis. And then you don't like the Boltons, so you hope they kill each other. And you want Sansa out of there, so maybe that could happen. And then with the Cersei stuff, I look at it like Tommen has now got every solid family member and people he loves locked up by these militant. What is stopping him now from calling the King's Guard and cleaning house? Not just to get Marjorie, but to get them all out. True that, because he doesn't have anybody now. I mean, what's... He's already... He said it. I'm going to get the king's guard. I'm just chop him up. And get yeah. him out of there. And then I'll she, start a war. And then she settled him. But now that she's locked up, I mean, what's to stop him? What's to stop him from finally just... Screw these guys. Now they're locking my mom up, queen mother up. Let's chop him up. No doubt. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here you. I hear you. Um... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Braden here. I don't always, guys. I hated to have to wait to the last five minutes to have to see anything interesting happen in this episode. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, come, I know what you're saying. I think you're more on my page from last episode where I was like, you've been waiting for something redemptive, something good to happen. So a bad character finally get a taste of medicine. And I know where you're coming with that, but uh, I thought the show was pretty interesting throughout. You know, I mean, I mean don't get me wrong; there were some parts that convenient and a little over top here and there, but I think the, over, the show itself was good. Um, Laura says, "Waiting for the real action to begin when the White Walkers appear and they begin their campaign to attack and take over all of Westeros." Do y'all think this will happen this season? No, no, I don't think so either. We got three episodes left. We don't have any conclusions at any locations of major importance. Uh, Winterfell hasn't concluded. Uh, John and his story with the, um, with the Wildlings hasn't concluded. Um, the Sparrow and King's Landing hasn't concluded. They're, that right there is going to take three episodes to get one or two, If maybe, not, maybe if we're lucky, all three in a point where we can say, okay, next season. So, uh, and then of course we still have Arya. We hadn't even, we hadn't wrapped her situation up either. So, and sprinkling Brienne, a few other parts. No way. I don't, there's no way we see that. We might get, we might get to see them, you know, like that we get to see that there's a formed, you know, like, okay guys, now the crap has hit the fan. But other than that, no. I think episode 10, we're going to get some good white Walker action. And this is why I say it. We got strife at the wall because John's leaving and Black Brothers are pissed, right? Winterfell's about to be a battleground. King's Landing's messed up. Everywhere else in the world's messed up because of the Battle of the Five Kings. Well, I mean, there really isn't a better time for the White Walkers to attack when everyone is disjointed. There's no united force, you know? Even the Night's Watch, who is so diminished right now, and their leader just left, a leader that people in his own watch hate you know what yeah. i mean so i look at it like i think episode 10 
because I think eight and nine we're going to get some big action sequences. I think we have to. Yes. Because they've saved up. But then episode 10, maybe like you're saying, maybe we'll get the Aria stuff. And then I'm really thinking that I think we'll get some more Dorn because it's a little slower pace probably. And you know, 10 is usually a wrap up slash propel you in the next season type deal. So I think we might get Aria, Dorn, and a White Walker appearance sequence. I don't think just an appearance. I think we're actually going to get something. Uh, maybe not like a battle or anything like that, but a like they're at the wall type of deal. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they're there because you're going to get some stuff obviously at Hard Home where John and Tormund are going. So that means there's just going to be problems along the wall, you know. And then there's problems all over Westeros. Yeah, I can. Uh, I want to believe what you're saying. I do because I'd like the White Walkers to come in the mix. I just think it's too early. I hate to say that, but I just do. And this is the fifth season. They go seven seasons. Uh, I don't think we see them until sixth. And the seventh when we finally has some conclusions when it comes to them. So that's that's just me. But, hey, I'm hoping what you say is on the money. Hey, I am too. Trust me. But I don't have, uh, you know, a large hope for it. So, Right. Um I think we call that uh, almost wrap. Do you want to do any? You got any recommendation you want to throw out there? I didn't have one this week. Did you have one? I'm gonna hold out this week. We'll hold you out know. this week. Uh, you're gonna throw out a second praise for Daredevil. You know, you know, you're telling me that earlier this week that how it's just gotten better and better. I am. So uh, I'll put that out there. But he keeps pressing me pretty hard out there. To, uh, this Daredevil's hitting home. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give it a shake, and uh, maybe I'll let y'all know in a few weeks uh, once I've seen a thing, and uh, we'll go that route. But we'll hold on the recommendations and. Uh, uh, we're going to play some music here in a minute and then move on to our spoiler and uh, our preview breakdown. Um, other than that, I don't have anything else. You, bro? Nope, that's it, man. Well, guys, this is Bleed TV, and uh, I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And we're out of here. All right, uh, we're back. God, man, the preview was short. Man, I don't know if you noticed that again. It kind of made me much. mad. They don't. They're not giving me enough tidbits to you know slow mo oh, through. Get out of here! You don't need those man, spoilers. This, no, I liked it. I liked it. Um, started out with Jorah and Tyrion standing in front of Danny in her little, um, you know, Queen's Lair chamber there. And she says that you know, uh, how can the people trust a queen that go back on their promises? Um, you see a couple guys drag off Jorah. Yeah, that worries me. I was, you know, I don't. Not looking good. You know, <laughs> again, first uh, grade, which scale. pisses me off. Now this, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. According to you, he's already got his death sentence on his wrist. Um, but uh, but but here's what I think is going on. Because we're in the PG spoiler section, and we know about the previews, and we know about some trailers we saw before the season. I think she's putting him in the fighting pits. I think he's going to fight in the big game. You think she makes a situation where you win the fights, you win your chance to prove or to stay or anything like that? I don't think so. I think she just throws him in there. This is just continued punishment. I think so. I think it's just like... Instead of killing you outright, as I told you I would, I'm going to throw you in here and good luck. Yeah, just continue back on the path you were on. 
you know. As far as I'm concerned, you're 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 free, but you were owned for the fights. Exactly. Or whatever. If she doesn't kill him or whatever the case may be, or he pleads, he's like, I'm a free man, I choose to fight in the fighting pits. Whatever the case may be, I don't know how it could go down, but it, as far as I can tell, that wasn't the fighting pits we saw him in in the previews. You know what I no. mean? Because he was in his black armor. Oh, yeah. I and the, the guy he was battling in the preview in the beginning of the season, he was armored up like a, like a true gladiator and so on, different than what we saw. Right, so that's why I think he's going to be in the big arena battle. Well, not only that, in, when you see in the preview, you saw his face while he was in battle. In this one, he was wearing a mask through all the battle scenes. Correct. Correct. And that's the biggest clue to me that this is completely separate. So he ends up in the fighting pits. Yeah, so I would say... Yeah, he's getting drug away, but it, I think he's getting drug away to put his ass back in the pit, as far as I can tell. Wild theory. Um, he goes into the pits to save someone or something to that effect. He's not actually chosen to be in there, but he jumps in to do something. Very possible. I mean, that could go thousands of ways. Yeah, I just, I just had that thought, you know, because he's not having a helmet on. He doesn't have a mask or anything like that, you know. But he's armored. He, he is, is armored. That's true. I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to see more to it. Either way, I'm glad I'll be seeing more Jorah. Yes, 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 yes. Very much so. Uh, quick shot of Ramsey. Um, you know, and Sansa's talking to Reek again. Uh, you know, and she's pleading her case again. She's trying to find some kind of confidant, an avenue for escape, something. Uh, I think she's wasting her time. I think uh, he is a lost cause. Yeah, he's pretty broken. So you know, I mean, considering what she did already, and he went right to him. What what could she say or do to make him wake up? One thing I can think of is something that could snap him out. Like, where where could he like? Is there something she could show him or like take him to and inside Winterfell or because you know when he said you know ward of ned stark he was choked up and then when sansa's getting brutalized he was crying his eyes out and stuff like that he's there you know he's under the surface he's there it's like you just need something that really snaps him out of it you know i don't i don't know maybe maybe we say it maybe we don't he's pretty broken yeah i think she's just drawing at straws yeah. i mean bottom line is uh, you know oh no i think she is for sure but maybe we get yeah. some kind of um, then it shows a scene of Cersei not looking too good in the prison, um, talking smack to the the nuns holding her down, and um, you know, and she makes a few comments, you know, like y'all be begging for forgiveness, and things are going to change, you're going to see, and won't stand for this, and uh, I think it's a lot of smoke. I think she's in, I think she's in deep doo doo, and uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't see her coming out of this, you know, clean by any means. In my mind, in which, unfortunately, this is one thing that I did hear about through conversation and different things. Um, It was spoiler, and I'm disappointed that I know, but this is a spoiler section, you know. Um, They they talk about the walk of shame. And um, uh, there's evidently a scene coming up through the last three episodes where she's forced to leave the city naked and everybody shames her for it. Um, so I'm guessing this is part of one of the outcomes of this, 
uh, her being in trial or d- different things, just like she, just like the uh, Lancel did to the the High Septon, Septon yeah. um, in Baelish's place. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be something similar to that. Um, and I wish I didn't know that, you know, but that's it's already been conveyed because there's a the there was a huge uprising and I forget what country it was. They were very upset that they decided to shoot this scene, and it was evidently steps from a, a famous church or a very popular church there in that in that town. I think it was Ireland, and it's covered in Catholic churches in Ireland. So right, and so. Uh, that's a true spoiler, you know, and so... But I will tell you that you do not know everything. Well, that's good. All right, well, good. I'm happy you know, and I don't. All right. <laughs> um, and then it, the part of, final part of the preview shows John making it to... Um, what's the name of that place? Hard Home. Hard Home. And... Uh, this is a rough little group, man. I'm digging where this is going. They got they arrows my, after him, and my brothers would have killed me if I were to break bread with a crow. Exactly. Or like that. Yeah. yeah or, exactly. And so uh, he is a speck of pepper and a salt <laughs> shaker out there. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, he's um, a rough, rough gun. And so I hope Tormin is uh, going to be helping him out a little bit. I don't know. That's a lot of fiery folks out there. This is where I think there's a potential that we might see a White Walker or something that motivates all of them to go. Our only option is to listen to the crow because he's giving us an option out. Well, right now we don't. Yeah. Once again, this is something I don't know about. This is completely off book. So I can't even give you any insight into where this is headed. I would more or less lean towards Tormund uh, being a uniting force. Um, you know they talked about Tormund and Mance how was I think Mance beat him in a fight or something like that and that's how they kind of you know were able to to group them together Um, one thing I will tell you I liked about this is they showed amazing visuals you know when the horse I mean the horse but the the boat coming up to hard home and the the mountain and the snow and and you see who was there Rattleshirt oh yeah haven't seen him in a long time and uh, it was it was really cool, and so it's another it's one of these things I've really enjoyed about this season is that they've really come in with these landscapes and these really cool shots, and directors are going for different angles, and um, I'm appreciating it. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and from what I saw in the uh, previews and stuff, they really created this set on a little icy island, and it's got all the little huts built and everything like that. It's pretty cool. So I look forward to seeing these. Appreciate know, HBO going the extra mile. There's yeah, no doubt. Uh, and then it cuts. That was the end of the preview. I mean, it was quick, short, to the point. Uh, didn't mention anything with Arya. Didn't mention anything with Brienne. Didn't mention a lot of things. So. No, Brienne was there, I think. Oh, that's right. There was a quick, quick scene where she's standing outside of Winterfell just kind of watching it, you know. Um, like up on a hill or something. Right, right. right. And she's okay. in armor. Uh, yeah, I, remember, I think so. Yeah, she's standing in armor, and she's looking at it and just kind of gazing at Winterfell. And it kind of gives the interpretation like she's expecting to see the candle, which, ooh, that could be what I was talking to, you know, That could be something where Ramsey's like, let's find out who your friends are and light this candle. Very possible. That's a, that good, could that's be, a good thought. That could that's be a, a cool little, you reel her in, and it's a trap. But my thing is, is maybe it's her standing on a high ground looking, and you could see Stannis' army. And see Winterfell. You know what I mean? In my mind, Stannis, all he needs to tell his men is, men, for us to become who we are and be the king and blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is, for us to survive, Winterfell 
has shelter, food, and everything else. We're going to take it to survive. Yeah, we're going to take for a month if we need to. Exactly. You know. Yeah, I'm curious. Like I said, I don't know. So I really am curious. That's going to be a doozy. But yeah, like I said, really looking forward to these next three weeks. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, Go with the book prediction. uh, Book comparisons. What we got looking on this one? Uh, Just a couple. Nothing too major. Uh, The main thing with the Tyrion and Jorah. They were put on an auction block um, to be sold, but um, Jorah's like half naked, like only in a loincloth, basically. And he's real beat to hell because he fought with the slaver so hard. Remember I told you that last week? And um, he's in like a cage and he gets sold just to be put in the salt mines, like I was talking about. And Tyrion comes on stage and starts talking real loud about how he's actually with another dwarf, Penny, the female dwarf I told you about. And they're like, he says they're a troop of like to be together, that he's the bear and she's the maiden fair. And like, they do a comedy troupe and stuff like that. And they're kind of like a, you know, I don't know. Just a trio that goes traveling. Performers. Yeah, yeah. Entertainers. Yeah. And this, enormously fat master from Young Kai. They call him the Yellow Master or like that. I think his name was Yezan, if I'm not mistaken. But it's huge. Like on a uh, carried on a cart of slaves, you know, just fat as can be. He ends up gets them, getting them. Buys all three of them. Because he likes oddities. And he has a his own freak show that works for him at his massive tent that he's in, right? He has like a goat boy, uh, a transvestite, uh, well, but not not transgender, a uh, hermaphrodite, um, all these other like kind of strange oddity type people, a real small person, a giant, and stuff like that. They get sold, and they basically like are bonafide like like maintenance crew and waiters. Like they wait, they do the parties and clean hmm. up his shit and stuff like that. So it's just a little different. And what they end up doing, they don't they don't make it to Danny like that. They actually escape him after he dies. That master dies um, from dysentery, basically shits himself to death. Ugh. And uh, so they escape. They get somebody to, you know, they have collars on their necks. That's how you know they're slaves and stuff. So what they end up doing is they sign themselves up to be cell swords in a big cell sword company, and they cut their collars off. That all three of them are cell source now. In the, uh, I think they're in. I don't remember which company they're with, but not the. I think it was Second Sons. Actually, I think it's who it is. Hmm. Who was actually a company that left Danny, like kind of betrayed her, and didn't follow her onto Marine, and then they were hired by some of the old slave masters from Yunkai to fight against her, and they joined them. Just to, like I said, just trying to get their way to Marine. Yes. How about that? Not been a definite different sprinkle there. The cell sword part is really cool, but the rest of the shit, blech, yeah. done without. You, uh, completely unnecessary. Yeah, the freak show aspect, the big masters. One thing it did good was you learned about all the masters, and it's kind of cool because all the masters have their own. Because the Unsullied are gone, she bought them all. Remember, she bought like all eighty five hundred of them. So none of them have Unsullied. So they all have their own like 
training yeah, their own different forces they do right and these people are freaks there's a whole army that walk on stilts like because they think that the height will give them an advantage and stuff like this that's one master that's his little army right and then they have all these different kinds it's it's pretty funny it's pretty cool though <laughs> to see what they think is would be good on a battlefield you know and uh you could spend like four episodes on just describing stuff like that yeah but what it does is you you learn Yunkai is coming in for a large attack against Marine. You know, the one city she had just cleared re-rises and attacks Marine, okay? And they, all those old slave masters are attacking. And you just kind of learn who they are. Not not a big deal. More the show, the show yeah. didn't go that route, so it didn't matter. I got you. And then Amon. All right, like I said, Amon didn't die right here in the book. Amon actually dies on his trip to Old Town with Sam and Gilly. They are, John orders them to leave, to take Amon to Old Town, to get him, you know, the best healthy, you know, the best medical care he can get before he dies, you know, because he has so much knowledge. He's basically the oldest maester left alive and just has all this information and, and they want to learn more about the White Walkers and stuff. So they go to Old Town where they talk about the biggest library, Citadel and stuff like that, right? Amon actually dies just from exposure, kind of. I mean, it gets cold on the ship over and stuff like that. And and he dies, and they kind of have to unceremoniously get rid of his body. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of sad, really. Not as eventful. I guess, I guess not, but it was for Sam and Gilly, you know. They were the main ones really overlooking it. So, I don't know. I like the way they did in the show too. So it's not like it was a big mistake how they did this or a big drawback. But I am curious. There's no Maester at at the wall now. And Sam is still there and he's out of friends, you know. At some point does he leave, you know, to to go fill that role or or I don't know what, you know. I don't I don't really know. We'll see if they go that route cuz that would take Sam away from the wall, going to a place we've never seen before. True. So, which well, is like you said before, Sam ends up at uh, ends up at Bravos. Bravos. Yeah. So, I mean, this could be the motivating force where him and the girl and the baby get out of Dodge. Well, I think they're going to have to, you know, if survival. Yeah, I mean, just either it be White Walkers or if the Black Brothers keep coming at them, you know, and they feel like they have to leave for safety, you know, I don't know, I don't know how they're going to go with that show, but that's really it. That's only the major. Differences. I, I mean, there's some other stuff we could go to, but it'd be kind of repetitive. So I got you. I hear you. I hear you. But well, all right. Well, it's good, man. And then I just say we call it there, man. And yeah, uh, I say let's call it. Uh, guys, really appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, we're really enjoying it. Hoping you all are. We appreciate the feedback we're getting when the Twitter uh, activity. Um, hit us up if you're new or you hadn't, or keep going. Um, we're at Bleed TV Podcast on Twitter, um, Bleed TV Podcast at Gmail. Um, uh, look forward to everything. Love to give you guys shout outs. Um, appreciate everything that's happened. And uh, other than that, I think we're going to call the show, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, man. Y'all take it easy. All right, bye.